Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good evening, Dino. Good evening, Coach Paula. It is almost 8 o'clock at night and you are not even in your pajamas yet. We're living on the wild side. We are living on the wild side. It's been an extremely busy weekend and a lot going on, which has caused us to be burning a little midnight oil for us. Yeah, 8 o'clock is about midnight for us around here. At least it is for me. You've been staying up a little bit later here lately. That's true. Mostly because when I go to bed at night, I have trouble falling asleep. So I get back up and start doing all the things. But I'm going to try to get back into the swing of getting in bed and falling asleep early. If you could possibly make yourself fall asleep, I'm going to try really hard tonight. Maybe your coach needs to give you more training so that you'll be exhausted at night. Whew, I don't know about that. My training was pretty substantial this week, but it felt good. How many weeks out till your race in Arizona? I believe I'm 11 weeks out from the Mesa Marathon. Maybe 10. I don't know. I need to count those. I'll I'll let my coach keep track of all that for me. Yeah, I don't have it on the top of my head. Yeah, but last week... I did a similar workout to what I did the week before. I call it the up-down workout, where you have me do a 10K effort up a gentle sloping hill, and then marathon pace effort back down the hill with a little bit of recovery between the uphill and downhill. And it's amazing how easy marathon pace feels going down the hill. It reminds me of the Monteghetti workout that we've done a few times in the past where you run 5k pace on the efforts and marathon pace on the recoveries. But eventually those marathon pace recoveries become a little bit challenging because you're tired from the 5k's. Right and you're never actually doing an easy pace recovery in that entire 20 minute segment that you set up in that. So that's definitely a challenging workout out as well that we typically do on a flat area yeah so the heel adds a little bit challenge to the 10k effort but as long as you're going by effort and not too focused on pace it's a legit workout it's nice to mix things up keep it interesting it is both mentally and physically it is and then this weekend was a super fun weekend we had a lot of athletes racing and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute but i want to talk a little bit about what i did this weekend on the wendell foster half marathon which is a local race here in owensboro kentucky and it supports a great charity here in owensboro raises funds for the wendell foster center that takes care of inpatient and outpatient clients. 
some of them actually live year-round full-time at the facility and some go every day for treatment and others visit periodically. I know our granddaughter went there for a period of a few months to work on a little bit of physical therapy for a tightness in her shoulder and her neck. Anyway, it's just a great local organization and they raise money through this half marathon. I volunteered for what would have been the third year in the row, but one got canceled. So for the second time, I was a pacer. I did the 205 pace group, which was a nice, easy pace for me. I was a little bit worried just because I'm not very far from completing Boston and I didn't know if my legs had 13 miles in me yet, but it went great and I just felt really good about it. There were about six people still in my pace group with about three and a half to four miles left. If you've ever been a pacer, you know the group dwindles as you go, but you pick up a few along the way as well. But anyway, I had a solid group of about six with about three and a half, four miles to go and some of them, you could tell the breathing was getting a bit more labored and so just talked about relaxing and getting that oxygen in as fuel. Anyway, I was just trying to give positive feedback. We all stayed together. And finally, with two miles to go, I said, now, when we get to that 12-mile mark, that sign, you guys are going to take off. And I pointed to a guy we had been following for a while. He was with our pace group for a while. And then he went ahead and got out in front of us. And he had introduced himself and said he was from San Diego. And he was running a half marathon in all 50 states. And anyway, he was doing it at a pretty aggressive time frame. So he had chosen this charity marathon as his Kentucky race, but he had gotten maybe 50 to 60 yards ahead of the group and he had on a bright red jacket, so I wasn't really picking at him. He was just easy to spot. And so at this point, the six in our group, we were all ladies at this point. And I told him, I said, now when we get to that 12 mile sign in that last mile, you're going to chase down the guy in the red jacket and all six of you are going to beat him. I said, now I have the 205 pace signs. Well, I have to stay right at this pace. You guys are going to have to get ahead of me and your, your goal is to chase down that red jacket. And when you pass him, keep going at whatever pace it took you to catch him. So at mile 12, five of the six took off and they were gaining on him. And I mean, they hadn't been running 10 or 20 seconds past the 12 mile mark and the dude starts walking. <laughs> so I was a little bit sad about that because they, I mean, they were excited. They were going, woohoo! they were so excited so they passed them and they kept running hard and they finished but one lady stayed with me and she had already been saying for the last mile and a half I can't do it I'm not gonna make it and I was like just breathe you know you're talking so you know things are going well you're doing great and about that time two of the cyclists who had been pacing the lead runners had come back and they knew her so they were talking with her and encouraging her a bit and anyway finally with that 12 mile sign she said I'm just gonna walk I can't chase down that red jacket and I said well we have a little bit of a headwind just tuck in behind me and match me step for step and she did and we went about another half mile and now we barely have a half mile left to go a little over that she's like I just can't I just can't said yes you can I said sometimes 
when you feel like you need to slow down, sometimes it gives you a mental boost if you just speed up a little bit. So she tried that. And anyway, I was staying with her at this point because there was no pace group. Like it had all dissipated by then. As typically happens to pace groups near the end. (laughs) Right. But I was excited because it wasn't because these people fell off. It's because they challenged themselves and took off in that last mile. But anyway, she hung with me and now she was going at a 920 pace and the lady on the bike said well you can't walk but you can slow down if you want I said oh no we have less than two trips around a football field left you're not slowing down so she uh she started going faster than what the 205 pace was supposed to be going and I, I was trying really hard to stay at the 205 pace so that others in the race would have a frame of reference as to where they were anyway she finished in 203 something Wow. So I was pretty excited for her. And there was another lady in the group who, in the last mile, took off toward the guy in the red jacket. And she also finished well ahead of me. She took off in that last mile. And she must have been, I'm guessing, in her late 60s, early 70s. Like, I don't know how old she was, but... And she just did great. Then another girl in the group was from Bowling Green, Kentucky. And she had just gotten married. Her and her husband did a destination wedding in Colorado. I thought you were going to say destination wedding to Owensboro. No, they did a destination wedding to Colorado. And then they were having the reception the night of the half marathon. So she was just getting her legs warmed up for dancing at the reception. Anyway, she came back after she finished and said thank you so much I that's my personal best by two and a half minutes and anyway I love running and I love training and I definitely love coaching and teaching but pacing a pace group is just kind of a mixture of all of that you get to run you get to kind of coach a little bit do a little bit of explaining and teaching not overkill because you don't want to throw things at them that's not going to be helpful in the moment but yeah it was a lot of fun it sounds like you did a good job with it. I came across the finish line in 204.10, which I thought was pretty good, considering I had definitely sped up that last mile just to encourage the one remaining groupie. Yeah, so you had a good run, and you helped some people out, and it sounds like you made some friends. Yep, from Bowling Green to San Diego. And actually a couple of people in the pace group were local runners that I had just never met. So that was nice too. They both sent me Facebook friend requests. So I have two new friends. Well, there you go. It's a win. It was a good day. It was a cold day for November for this area. It was a cold day being a spectator out cheering along the course. As I mentioned in the podcast last week, I had this elaborate fan plan. Bethany, Shelby, and I practiced the fan plan on Thursday, getting ready for the big day on Saturday. This was after you and I had already practiced the fan plan on previous Sunday. We had to get it just right. (laughs) Well, let me just say, over the course of 13.1 mile race, we saw Jacob, our son, at the start. We saw him in 14 other places along the course, not including the finish. So it was a it was a very detailed fan plan, and we had to be on our A game to get from point A to point B, obeying the speed limit, lots of U-turns involved, but we stayed off the course completely. 
And I, he, I don't know, that one U-turn where you guys didn't quite make it in time, so y'all were screaming. It looked like your U-turn kind of went into the road in which the runners were traversing. We called an audible and added one extra stop along the way. It doesn't matter whether you're executing a fan plan or you're doing an Ironman or you're doing a, a running race. You come up with your plan and you have to react to the, to the circumstances as they come up. I kind of feel like this one goes more into the category of nothing new on race day because you guys added that one and couldn't really get out of the car. And as a result, you almost missed him at the next spot too. But we didn't. You didn't, but you also didn't get out of the car there. You were like yelling out the window, go Jacob. He heard us. We saw him. So the reason I know all this, because I didn't see the fans until I got to the finish line. A good 30 minutes, 33 minutes after Jacob got to the finish line, I would say. I kind of got a good sense of how the fan plan unfolded because Bethany served as a videographer during this entire day. So she has all the video and pictures of all of your shenanigans. It was a good day for our athletes. And it was a good day that the fan plan worked out well. And we have lots of pictures to remember it by. We're definitely going to have to let your niece, Emily, take all of Bethany's video and pictures and put together a montage like she did for her trip she recently took. Yeah. I'm thinking about publishing this fan plan so that in future years, assuming the Wendell Foster course is the same, other people can see their favorite athlete as often as we did. It's based on an athlete who is running around an hour and 35 for the half marathon. Or slower. Yes, if your athlete is running a little quicker, you may need to cut out some of the stops. But if your athlete is a little slower, this plan should work out just fine. Yeah, even if your athlete athlete is running a little slower, I wouldn't suggest adding any more stops because at some point it would just have to get annoying to the athlete. (laughs) I think it depends on the athlete. That's true. After the race, there were several finishers that came up to me and fist pumped me and said they really appreciated me being on the course cheering for them. And they remembered me because I was yelling and I had a cowbell. And at one point I think you had a tambourine. I had a mixture of loud instruments. And for sure, you had the RYREndurancetea.com Go Team sign out there. I did the first couple of stops, but then I didn't bring it out of the car later on in the race. You just figured the same athletes were tired of seeing the same sign? Well, we had nine signs scattered around the course already. And go team. Having run the course, I told you I saw two of them and you're like, well, what about this one? I'm like, "Mm, nope, I didn't see that one. You're like, well, you had to have seen this one on the green belt for sure because, and you went into a big explanation of why. And then I was like, nope, I did not see that one. And then Jacob said, oh my goodness, the one I definitely saw was the one you mentioned on the green belt. He said, because I thought it was going to be the next mile marker and it was not (laughs) i was very strategic in where i located that one because on this stretch of the green belt i didn't expect there would be any spectators out there and there's no signage there's a park bench and there's a trash can and some trees and i realized because i run that section quite often that the runners are going to see this solitary sign off in the distance and they're going to be wondering what that sign says for more than a minute 
maybe two minutes, and then they're going to see it. And so, no, it was not a mile marker. It was RYR. Go team. Go team. And we had several athletes racing it. When we interviewed Jacob a few podcasts ago, we asked him if he was willing to state what his goal was for the Wendell Foster half. And he said, yeah, I'll just put it out there. I'd like to go sub one hour, 35 minutes. Which would be like a six minute PR from what he did in April at the Carmel, Indiana half marathon. And how'd he do? Well, let's just say that for another discussion, because I think he wants to come back on to the podcast and talk all about his race. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have to get him back on then and let him talk about that and talk about his next goals. And it might be good. He can be our guinea pig athlete that we sit down with on the podcast to lay out what's next. Yeah. So it should be fun. And then our athlete, Lisa, she ran it. She was all smiles there at the end, and she had a great race. And then we had another athlete, Jennifer, who was pacing some friends. She was just coming off of Boston and not really racing it. But I thought her time was outstanding, just out there having a good time. So that was fun. And then I don't know what we're going to do with Eric coming off Ironman and he decides to do a 5K this weekend. (laughs) He just loves running fast. He is fast. And since we're talking about what our athletes did this weekend, our athlete Katie from South Carolina came in third overall in the Run Hard Lexington, South Carolina 10K, again with her dog Bailey. Very impressive. Yeah, my understanding from her comments was she stopped and let her dog get a drink, and then she still got a personal best in her 10K, and maybe four or five minutes faster than last year when she ran the same 10K, so her fitness is doing really well. Doing really well. She has some other races coming up in the not-too-distant future. Looking forward to seeing what she can do in those races. We've got a few more weeks to improve the fitness fine-tune things, and it's going to be exciting. It will be. So there was a lot of positive this weekend, but overall, this these past few weeks, and especially this weekend, for me has been just surrounded by a lot of heartache. So if you don't care, it's not really about running, but it's about life and people in general, and you can't really coach if you don't care about the people around you. Yeah, when we got home from the Wendell Foster half, we had a text message to call a friend, and so I did. We were informed that one of our athletes had lost her son on Friday night, so we didn't know while we were racing or pacing or cheering, but we were devastated. Obviously not to the extent that she and her family are, but it's just been really on our hearts since that point throughout the weekend. Yeah, so evidently he was involved in a car accident. And then when we get to church this morning, when our pastor is asking for specific prayers for certain people, he was asking for prayers for one of the ladies that we go to church with who was involved in a car accident. On Friday. (laughs) On Friday night. And I didn't really think about it, but a little bit later you said... I wonder if that's the other car involved in the accident that our friend and athlete son was involved in. And so we found out that it was. So the lady we go to church with, I mean, she's just 
precious. Just the sweet lady leads music sometimes. Just anyway, we found out that her injuries were too bad. Like she was able to go home, but I mean, she's just devastated too to be involved in that. And it was an accident in which like nobody did anything wrong. It's just one of those fluke things that happened and we don't know God's timing and reasoning in a lot of things, but we do trust in him and love him and oh my goodness our heart goes out to that sweet mama yeah we also heard this week well one of our athletes had asked us to pray for a couple of families who had just lost some infants and that's just heartbreaking as well because i just think about our two adult children i think about our granddaughter how hard it would be to lose any one of them but then i think i think about life and i think about god and i think about scripture and and i'm just reminded that we all have a race to run as our team verse hebrews 12 1 and 2 says and we all have a finish line and we just don't know when that is and it's just really really hard when a young person crosses that line unexpectedly yeah and i mean even if it is somewhat expected it's just you know in our human mind it just doesn't seem the natural order of things like we expect someone to be born live a full life and sometime in their 80s or 90s just in our mind that's the way it happens and but God sometimes has other plans. I know we coach an athlete whose father found out this summer that he had pancreatic cancer and had three to six months to live. And he recently passed away and he was just in his mid-60s. And it's just unexpected. And then, you know, you and I both graduated from the same high school the same year and got married. And there were a few other couples that that happened with as well. And so just recently, one of those couples, the husband, just passed away unexpectedly. And I know that's just devastating. So there's been just a lot going on. And then my first year of teaching, I just taught this most precious girl in middle school and of course she's in her early 40s now and her husband's just been given a diagnosis with six weeks to live and so the time that we depart this earth is just not known it's not a given that we're going to live into our 80s and 90s and it's just important that we treat this earth as it is as a temporary home until we go to our forever eternal home and we need to prepare ourselves and accept what Jesus did for us on the cross so that 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 forever home is in heaven. Yeah, every day is a blessing. Every day is an opportunity to do good things. We just never know. It's interesting because at church today, obviously, there was no knowledge that we were there and knew of the young man who was involved in the car accident. But the first song that they sang, uh, the title of it was Because He Lives. And the chorus in this song says, Because He, meaning Jesus, who rose from the dead, Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. Life is worth the living just because he lives. And that song just really spoke to me today and just provided some comfort. And I just keep praying that the Lord provide comfort for everyone who has suffered some pretty major losses recently. He is the great comforter. And of course, all this 
makes me go all mother hen. And so I'm just really thankful for our children. And that includes biological children and married into the family children. Yeah. And for our grandchild. And we just um, pray God's protection daily. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that God brought our daughter Bethany home from when she lived in Florida and our son home from when he lived in Lexington, Kentucky. We're so blessed to have our little family right here where we can spend time with them and just share life with them because life is short. Even if you live to be 80 or 90 in the grand scheme of things, this side of eternity is so short. And that's why with us, with coaching, it's so important that our athletes know that we are Christians and that we love the Lord and that we believe the scripture when it says the road is narrow and that the only way is Jesus. And we just want our athletes to know that. It's like our pastor says, our mission should be to make sure our heart is right and that we're going to heaven as part A and then part B. What's part B? Bring as many people to heaven with us as we can. Amen. Because we sure don't want to see from heaven people that we could have told about Jesus and didn't not make it to heaven. Yeah, and we probably never would see that while we're in heaven because then that would be a sad part of heaven and heaven is all sadness-free, fear-free, pain-free, scar-free. But here on earth, we still want everybody to go to heaven. Heaven is the place to be. (laughs) Is that a movie? I don't know. So really, I just think with the heaviness of this weekend and the heaviness of our hearts, maybe we'll just end the podcast here and next time we'll get maybe more back into running and triathlon. But for today, I think we just wanted to hop on and keep it short and just encourage our listeners to pray for those who are suffering loss right now. Yeah, the scripture that we shared with our team this weekend was Romans twelve fifteen that says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So we've been very excited about the success and the progress that some of our athletes have had. And then we're just torn up in, in mourning for others who are just really hurt right now. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.